Okay, you guys, I am so excited for today because not only do I finally have my first guest on this podcast, but it's someone that I love so much and I'm so excited to talk to. So this is the first time that the intro actually matters. Um, I, I'm super excited for this for a lot of reasons, but one of the things that I'm pretty passionate about is the fact that people who don't have the biggest reach or the most amount of followers still have really great things to say. And I'm learning this more and more as a small business owner and knowing lots of other small business owners or aspiring small business owners. There are people that work just as hard as all those people that you might already follow on Instagram and they just haven't made it yet, so to speak. And it's kind of sad because it's not that they haven't made it, but I always think that getting big has a very healthy ratio of luck and hard work. And it's not to say that you just get lucky at all, but you know, if you open yourself up to the right opportunities through hard work, you can certainly get lucky. But I still believe that there's always one opportunity or one moment when something you worked really hard for goes right. And that's when you can kind of really all of a sudden, you know, wake up and find yourself in a different kind of position. But that means that there are hundreds of thousands of people that work really hard and bust their butt day in and day out and just haven't found that same opportunity to get in front of thousands of people or they don't want to, they don't care and they're totally comfortable being the person that they are and working really hard for the people that they know and leaving it at that. So anyways, I just, I wanted to get people on the podcast that are not industry leading experts or anyone with a massively big ego um, because I think that that's just going to turn into someone else's podcast. So you can find that elsewhere. But this is a podcast where I wanted to have conversations with my, I always say my friends because they truly are, but it's really just people who exist who are doing the right things in business, in wellness, in life, and just aren't necessarily known by as many people. And I hope that you guys, um, when I do these, when I have these conversations with people, you learn a little bit about them, you follow them and you show them support. You know, just literally liking someone's business on Facebook is a huge, a huge help. Um, so enough about that. Now I'm going to talk about my friend, Erica. So Erica Holly, I met her, um, a few years ago now, honestly, Um, We were both ambassadors for Emily Schramm, and that doesn't say much because honestly, there was kind of a a diverse group and a pretty big group that that used to exist back in the day. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you just became best friends with everybody in the group. But uh, Erica and I, we will both tell you that we had like some kind of special connection and we knew that we were actually going to be friends from this and we are and we've done nothing but get closer over the years and now I can consider her one of my very best friends and so I'm super excited especially because just last week I she was sort of the inspiration behind last week's episode so now I'm really happy that she's here 
because she's going to give it to you straight from her mouth, which is the best source of information, all about being an eight on the Enneagram scale, feeling misrepresented or or not seen by other people because of very popular eights who might be using their personality as an excuse. Um, she talks about eights in relationships and where she learns all about herself and how she uses this toolkit as a way to grow and a way to learn about other people. Um, and then we talk about wellness and lots of other cool things towards the end. So I, you should stay tuned for the whole episode because it's all really, really good. But I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to roll the music and we'll get right into it. So welcome in my good friend, Erica Holly. Check the show notes for her Instagram handle, um, Evolve with Erica. Follow her for her awesomeness, but also her badass before and after pictures if she posts them because she's a rock star and she deserves to. So, okay, that's it. And have a great time listening. Thanks. everybody welcome into episode number 13 of no on the podcast the podcast that nobody asked for hosted by the person that nobody knows and we're finally doing it okay it only took one episode of me complaining that i haven't done it yet for it to really happen so i am here with my first guest and if you're listening to this i've recorded an intro and i've already told you a little bit about her but this is real life and i haven't done that yet so we'll just pretend that i have told you about erica but right now, I'll just do the brief recap that I'm here with one of my very, very good friends, Erica Hawley, who is all-around badass, amazing human, studying to be an NTP. <clears throat> I have rowing lung. I'm sorry. Um, she is a CrossFitter. She is a cat mom. She is a Mezcal drinker. And she is a number eight on the Enneagram scale. So if you guys listened to last week's episode, you obviously know that I talked a shit ton about Erica and her eightness. And so I'm bringing her here today to talk about things like that, but also other things. So I'm really excited to have Erica. So Erica, thank you so much for being here. Britt, I am super excited. And I don't think that anybody could have described me more perfectly than all of the items that you just <laughs> oh, good, good. I'm so happy. I'll write your, I'll write your next bio. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay. But the, actually, this is funny because like the first thing that I want to say is I want you to describe you. So I know I might have stolen some things, but like yeah. give, us, give us the rundown, you in a nutshell. It doesn't have to be your resume. I want it to be who Erica really is. Yeah, cool. Um, all right. So if we're talking personality test stuff, um, I am an eight. I'm an Aries. Um, I am an ESTP on the Myers-Briggs, which is an entrepreneur type. I'm also a rebel. Um, I kind of found the more that I learned about these personality tests, they're all like very connected. Like oh, I'm this kind of the same person across across the spectrum there. Um, other things, yeah, I'm, I'm studying to be an NTP. Um, I am super in the realm of um, wellness. Uh, I freaking love CrossFit. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a big piece of it too. Um, I'm, I'm really all about family too. Um, I'm a big sister to two small siblings who both just recently left my house, but um, they lived with me for quite a few years. 
Um, and yeah, I've, uh, as far as uh, me, I guess I'm, um, you know, all about kind of coming from adversity and finding empowerment in different ways and um, living the life you were meant to live. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's so good. And the thing, I mean, I've obviously mentioned this in other episodes too. So if you've listened to any episode, everyone knows this, but one of the first times that I actually got to sit down and talk with Erica, immediately she was asking me questions. And immediately she was not asking like, oh, um, like what's your... What, what do you do during a day? Like, what, what are things that make you happy? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, she was just like, let's get real right now, period. And it's so funny because normally I think the, the sound of that to most people is terrifying. But the also really cool thing about Erica is that she's so welcoming that it was just natural. It wasn't like someone trying to pry or investigate into my personal life. She was genuinely curious. She actually wanted to know who I was because we missed 20 some odd years of friendship because we didn't get to know each other until later. And she's like, well, screw that. Let's go. Like, let's learn all about everything. So, and like later on, come to figure out this has a lot to do with her being an eight and identifying a lot with that personality, the the Enneagram in general, but obviously um, being an eight. So I'm curious, I want to know like where that all came from when you figured out the Enneagram even existed. What did it, when you read that you were a challenger, like what did that even mean? What is the whole background story of your big connection to being an eight? Sure. Um, So I've always been somebody that's pushed boundaries, um, as you so eloquently (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've always been a boundary pusher. Um, You know, I've definitely had levels of my life where I've been more healthy or healthier than others. Um, as far as Enneagram goes, I was a psychology major in undergrad, um, psychology and sociology, and that really kind of um, pushed me into the Myers-Briggs arena for a long time. Um, and I guess a few years ago, I got more into astrology because um, I was really identifying with my Aries-ness. Um, and then I learned about Enneagram from, um, first from Emily Trom, and she kept saying that she was a seven. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Um, (laughs) so she really identified with, um, her number quite a bit. And I just thought there's a lot about myself that I don't understand why I function the way I do. So I kind of want to learn more. Um, so I, I took a test. I, you know, found out I was an eight. I did identify with a lot of it. Um, it really wasn't until earlier this year, um, I got close with a friend from my cohort um, from nutritional therapy, who's also Erica with a K, where this bad ass is, I don't know. Um, but she's really an Enneagram. And the more that I learned um, from her, just talking about different numbers, the more I realized, um, you know, I had a lot more to learn about other people because eights are kind of inherently, um, I want to say like, we kind of have like tunnel vision, um, you know, social social can kind of be our blind spot. So we're not always... Um, aware of other people and their emotions or how they're presenting themselves to the world, mm-hmm. um, unless they're very on the on the table, I guess, you know, when we're talking. So, um, so yeah, I guess Enneagram for me became a way to learn more about myself and in turn learn about other people in a way that, you know, was better for my relationships, um, you know, better for me to even connect with other people. Um, I mean, of course, on a, on a deeper level, but um, even just the average 
um, you know, person that I kind of run to on the street. It was really important to me. Um, so yeah, I think I always had that kind of barrier understanding other people. And um, this was just kind of a, a way to translate that a little bit, I think. So it kind of sounds like too that it, in, when you learn more about it, it was kind of more teaching you about yourself and like knowing your own tools in and I, I, I totally get that because I know what that's like to like read a description of something and be immediately like, oh, okay, yeah, that's me. And then all of a sudden feel like a little bit more comfort in that, that that's a, it's a normal thing and it's a normal behavior. And somehow like knowing more about ourselves, like allows us to know more about other people, which is just like, it's interesting because obviously when people, I mean, not obviously, but a lot of people who do personality tests, like it's so they can identify themselves and it's, and it's just like, I am this and blah, 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 blah. But this is like the way that you described it was like, it was helping you understand your relationship with other people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. I think that, um, something that my other friend Erica had said to me that really stuck with me was that, um, you know, it's so important to learn about other people because you often find, or you will, you will discover in doing this work that, um, people in your life aren't often actually mean-spirited the way that you think they are. It's just more often they don't have the tools or you don't have the tools to understand why they're behaving the way that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have those tools yourself and you know can better understand other people, you, you're like, oh, maybe they are an asshole. Or maybe they are. <laughs> um, but more often than not, you know, they, I would say that they aren't. And it's just kind of, you know, their way of, of behaving. And it's just kind of learning. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, I like that. And I, this is something that we've also talked about too, is a healthy versus an unhealthy anything. Like this is not Enneagram specific. Like this is like life in general, that there are people who might latch onto things that are quote unquote, um, the healthy side of things versus the unhealthy side of things. So like myself, as a three on the Enneagram scale, like one of the things I identify most with is imposter syndrome, which is like a very unhealthy trait of a three to like constantly be thinking that I'm never going to be good enough and that there's always going to be somebody smarter than me, which is like true because that is just life. But like, rather than beat myself up over it, like I have to move on from it. But I know that like, that's kind of a hang up for me. But this is also something that we talked about. And this is kind of like the spur of last week's episode. And like this whole discussion is that when you see, you know, if you're on the outside and you see someone who identifies so strongly with some, with someone, and I know you just said that people are never, not never, but are often not mean spirited, but if they're at the forefront and they're acting a certain way in the general population is now associating that behavior with a group of people, how does that make you feel? And how do you get over that? Like, how do you, when there's because there's always going to be somebody more quote unquote popular than you, whoever you are. Like there's always going to be somebody who is more, uh, who has a bigger reach. And that person might have something that you understand, like you get, you understand like the rebel mentality, you understand pushing things, but someone who takes it to like the next level. And now all of a sudden, everyone in the world assumes that rebels and type eights are assholes, but they're not like, how do you deal with that? And how do you reconcile that? Yeah, man. Um, you're speaking my soul right now because so when when you were mentioning earlier like one of your um really big pitfalls as as a three it's something that you wake up and you think about in the morning right so 
Um, one of the things that I wake up and think about in the morning is that if I'm unhealthy, like very infamous unhealthy eights are Donald Trump, right? <laughs> Donald Trump, it's, I'm, I'm not kidding. Um, I, I so, didn't realize that, but I guess that makes sense. Um, Fidel Castro, like Saddam Hussein, all oh. very infamous oh. eights. Whoa. But on the flip side, you know, very positive eights are Martin Luther King Jr., um, you know, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, um, Winston Churchill. So these are like, I think about that extreme, um, you know, the variation between those two, like what is healthy versus unhealthy. So, you know, part of me is like, I could wake up one morning and if I'm unhealthy, I could be like Donald Trump. Like that terrifies me. So, like, so that's, I, I don't know. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's something to get super political that I, you know, I, it's, it's something I struggle with, like knowing when I'm unhealthy, you know, where my mind and my behaviors go. Um, I think like, you know, speaking to kind of your, your podcast, um, your last podcast, um, you know, that was a conversation that you and I had and I just, yeah, man, it's, it's so aggravating to me to have somebody represent our number, my, my number, <laughs> um, to a level that, uh, you know, has, has, she has a very far, or they have a very far reach. Um, and, uh, but but so so do a lot of you know diplomats who are in a healthy right. Um, I think that it's unfortunate that you know one number would be represented in in a way that I wouldn't have it represented right. Um, so I just I think it's kind of up to me in that way not not to like clear the air of, for eights, but um, I I think you and I got to know each other quite a bit before I even said that I was an eight. I you know it's important for me to kind of establish myself with somebody and then go by the way like you know. Um, to kind of, you know, give them some of that. Um, but I think, uh, I don't know, I, I try to chalk it up to, um, and this is me just trying to make sense of it, you know, that person's might maybe not in a healthy place, right? That um, that they have to to form it in that way. I can say that um, I, I deal with it by pivoting a little bit and um, just trying to do what I can by, you know, putting, I guess, some, some good eight vibes in the world. Um, but it's pretty freaking frustrating. Sometimes. Yeah, I believe it. And I mean, that's, it's exactly right because unfortunately, like my first exposure to an eight, so to speak, well, I did know you, but like you just said that you were not super forthcoming, like, hi, my name's Erica, I'm an eight, you know? So like, it was not, not something that I was associating your behavior traits with. Mm. And so like my first exposure to an eight was that very kind of aggressive defensive mentality and then you know I've I said this to you too like you and someone else who I know who was at eight like I had to I was like I honestly taken aback because you were some of the most caring people that I know that have helped me through lots of things and have like always been there and even though I'm maybe I'm going through something that is where I'm wrong like full full disclosure like maybe I am wrong but like rather than you sitting there and saying like, well, you're wrong, which is how I would have assumed like an eight was going to react, who mm -hmm. found all of these new ways and new approaches to look at it, which is just something that was so, and, and that maybe like, maybe that's like, that's taking out of the personality trait too, you know, like obviously you're not only an eight, like there's a lot more to you than being an eight. So it's taking yeah. people for the whole pieces that they are, but I I'm happy that you continue to put out those vibes because- People need to know that there are like if if anyone is misunderstanding what an eight is like, 
there's some very good people behind it. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I think that like um, a couple of things. So one, you know, kind of what you were saying about, um, it, yeah, I mean, eights, eights can have a tendency to kind of steamroll, but I would say a lot of that has to do with um, not understanding somebody else's perspective. And I think that's the power of the Enneagram. The more that you learn um, about other people, um, like my thought process, I, I still immediately react before I respond. You know, something will happen or somebody will say something and I'm like, Rah! and I, and I right away kind of want to say, that's not what I meant. This is, and then I stop and I'm like, Hey Erica, why might they have said that? Or why might they behaving, be behaving that way? And as soon as I start to put myself in their shoes, I think of all these other scenarios. Oh, maybe this is where it's coming from. And even though I don't agree with it, I respect it. And then, and that's enough. That's and, huge. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, that's enough. And, and the other thing I was going to say is that, um, in some reading I've done, uh, eights often when they are integrated, you know, very well with other people and, you know, they're healthy, they go to a two and twos are very compassionate, um, you know, and very close with people that they care about. And I think, um, you know, it's interesting to know that eights and twos are usually very opposite and they have a really hard time connecting with one another because one is more of an aggressor and the other one is, you know, is very, you know, compassionate and, um, you know, bleeding heart, I would say. <laughs> um, but, but to know that an eight, you know, when, when integrated and, you know, quite healthy can go to a two in those ways, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's interesting to see that whole, whole perspective. Yeah. And that's, that's a cool point too. This is funny because our other friend that I mentioned all the time, Sarah is a two. <laughs> so it's funny that, you know, I don't know if it's an opposite attract type of thing, but you guys do get along very well. And maybe because you're both really good, healthy versions of yourselves and like the better version of yourself, like the more you can balance each other out and continue to be like the best version, like you bring out the best versions of each other. But it was also before we started this whole podcast, you were actually talking about your significant other who's in nine and like some of the challenges there, but also some of the good, cool things there. So I don't, I hope you want to circle back for a second because I think that's cool too because like I want to know about like people in relationships and in friendships and all of this stuff because nobody lives in a vacuum like you're right. not just an eight who just lives online and whatever <laughs> now, like tell me more about like what it's like being an eight interacting with some of these other people yeah sure um so my my boyfriend Sam yeah as you say he's a nine um and nines are very like if I'm a fire sign he's an earth sign um and I mean that's true too for astrology but um with him, um, our communication styles are quite different. Um, Sam as a nine wants all of the evidence and all of the research done before he makes any sort of decision on anything, including a personal opinion. And um, for me, I, you know, I'm that person that I'm like, okay, well, we need to decide this now. Let's talk about this. It needs to be on the table. Um, you know, we need to have a conversation going. And then I often, um, you know, you kind of talking about, you know, pushing the boundaries a little bit and, you know, asking questions. Um, as an eight, I always push for something a little more genuine. Like, mm, that doesn't sound like it's the right answer. I'm going to push a little bit harder until like I get what's really going on. Um, and what's interesting with nines is they often, um, when they feel that kind of pressure, they just shut down. Um, and then they go into, um, you know, I, I think I was talking about like mindless tasks. They would rather go into yeah. a routine where they don't have to make decisions instead of making a decision right now. Um, so that's been interesting. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we both, um, we care about each other, obviously. So, you know, and he, um, even though our personalities are quite different, um, 
he really respects that I'm willing to do the work um, to read and understand more about his Enneagram and, you know, why his behavior, um, you know, often reflects in the way it does. Um, and, you know, I sometimes have to remind him that, um, you know, even though we are different people, um, it's important for us to speak each other's language a little bit more. Um, so, and I think that's probably what it comes down to is the more that, the more I gain from other people and understand their perspective. And, and I guess going off on another tangent, about I love tangents. It's fine. Tangents, um, uh, uh, yeah. So about eight specifically, like we tend to have a social blind spot. So I, I don't always understand what your, you know, Brittany's perspective would be unless you present it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I won't even think about it. It won't even occur to me. It's not even a, a blip on my radar. Um, until you're willing to present it to me and go, well, actually I was thinking this, and this is why, you know, I said or behaved in that way. And as soon as that's presented to an eight, usually we're like, oh shit, okay. I didn't really think about that. And then, and then it's, and then everything's fine, you know, whether it was a, a conflict or whatever else, but oftentimes I found that there, there's a lot of other Enneagram numbers who aren't, com- maybe they don't have the confidence or that communication style to just present that information automatically or bring it to the table. And eights just expect you to do that. And if you're not doing that, then I just assume you don't have an opinion or you agree with me. And that's the bigger issue. (laughs) Um, So really, and I think that that's why the steamrolling kind of happened. So I've gotten to a point now where I can pause and kind of check myself and go, do they really agree with me? (laughs) Are they just not talking right now? Maybe they're not comfortable. Um, So I've gotten to a point now where I've, been able to step back from assuming, um, and Sam has become a little bit more comfortable saying, well, no, you know, this is actually what I was thinking. So, you know, it's definitely a give and take on both ends, but, um, you know, there, there has to be that work on both sides of a relationship, whether it's romantic or a friendship. I have a my best friend who's also named Sarah, um, (laughs) is also a two and, um, and that relationship is work too. Um, you know, she's gotten really good at being able to send me a text message and say, Hey, um, you know, I was kind of disappointed by this response. This is kind of what I was hoping for. Um, and just being able to understand that perspective is huge. And, And I know she's out of her comfort zone by talking to me about that, but you know, it's us kind of blending that style together. So we understand the other perspective. That's awesome. That's so cool. Like, that's just, it's, it's nice because you, and I I wonder too, like if you, because you're an eight and because that is someone who is willing to speak up, like you speaking up to speak on behalf of like actually all of the Enneagram types and like actually say like, this is what it means to be in these type of relationships. And like, this is some, like you have to work on it together. Like you have to do these things together, which is like, you know, if, if I was talking to a couple of other numbers, like that might not be kind of a, a forethought or kind of an action step, you know, like it's nice that you get to, <clears throat> oh my God, my rowing lung is awful. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but it's nice that you, like you can share that and that's, it doesn't have to be like, just because you're an eight doesn't mean like, that's why you're doing it. Like as a human being, like, it's nice to know that these are things that you can do. Like, this is what you can do. You can talk to these people, like you can build it from both sides and understand where someone else's pitfalls are in understanding when they're outside of their comfort zone, but they're trying. So even if it's not perfect, like they're really making an effort. And I think that's like, 
just it just transcends everything it doesn't matter if you're an eight if you're a two or you're a nine it doesn't matter any of that stuff like it's just really important to kind of focus on all of that yeah. as a package and yeah. build relationships that way I completely agree I think that um so eights are known they're um they're titled like the challenger but I've also seen them be called the defender and they're like, once you're in that healthy state, like you are like the defender of justice. Like you just, <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, there's a lot of people that I, you know, I'm closer with that are, you know, I would say like a softer number or, you know, maybe a little bit. And I, and I am that way. I'm like, you know, when I push for, you know, being genuine, I'll be like, I know you're not telling me your true feelings and I want to know because <laughs> I want to understand. Um, but yeah, and I, I completely agree with what you say, you know, as far as these personality tests and, you know, the Enneagram. It is an awesome tool, but that's what it is. It's just a tool, you mm -hmm. know, and I completely agree with you saying like, I, you know, very frustrated by, you know, people using it just like they would anything. It's an excuse, you know, mm -hmm. for behavior. Say, well, I'm an eight, so suck it up. Um, this is, this is who I am. And that's really, that's really shitty. <laughs> I think, you know, you should not use it as an excuse to just be a jerk sometimes, you know, I, I, um, anyway, I think that's yeah, totally agreed. <laughs> So short of bombarding other Erica with a K's DMs, where do you, where would you tell someone who wants to learn more about the Enneagram and relationships and kind of all of the stuff? Like, what are your go-tos? Like, where have you learned to, to go and, and figure things out when you're like, oh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things. I, I love scrolling around. Uh, there's a few Instagram handles that are just some of them are just hilarious and, and, uh, and super accurate. You feel so seen. <laughs> um, a few of them off the top of my head is like, uh, Enneagram and coffee is a really good one. Um, and then, uh, I think it's Enneagram memes is another one that's, that's kind of funny, but, um, there's a few books that, um, my friend Erica, one, one of them, she kind of turned me on to, it's called, um, the Enneagram in love and work. And it's, um, I mean, you learn more about yourself, of course, but if you know what other people's numbers are, you can, and this is, you know, kind of how I, it's helped my relationship with Sam to kind of understand his perspective a little bit better. So when I think, you know, okay, it's a relationship based thing. I go to a chapter about nines and read kind of, you know, where his mind is at in certain things. And it just helps me gain perspective. That book has been super duper awesome. And then, um, pretty much anything that Gretchen Rubin does. Mm -hmm. uh, is also quite, quite excellent. I think, um, she does some more of the tendencies stuff. Um, but I, but I, I really like, like her, her stuff as well. Awesome. It's funny that you bring up Enneagram and, um, Enneagram and memes. I'm not sure if that's the exact yes. title, yeah. but that when you're talking about like figuring out how you like other people are, it's so funny because as soon as they pick something that is like, I get like, the Enneagram types as office characters. It's like, then all of a sudden it's like, I, I understand who everyone is perfectly. So it's just like, it's so funny. It's like, it doesn't, I don't just like continually scroll and like, I'm only looking for threes. Like I don't care about anyone else. I'm like, I look at all of them and I'm like, oh, that's so, like I get it. And I think about my friends that are certain numbers and I'm like, oh yes. Like, <laughs> contacts. Yeah. yeah. Put anything in the office contacts and I will get it immediately. Yeah. Just <laughs> If I could only be taught exclusively in office memes, like I will understand everything. <laughs> yeah. That's how I knew we were going to be excellent friends in a group text. I send a, like a, some sort of a 
a meme or something that was office. You were like, more office memes. Yes, <laughs> yes. Exactly. My standard response to anybody. You think you can get away with using a Michael Scott gif like as a joke? Like, no, no, no. We're going in. Like, hold <laughs> dive, like let's go. <laughs> so that's so great. Um, so I kind of, I do want to pivot a little bit because I'm, I'm love talking to you about the Enneagram, but like you have so many other cool things that are going on. And I want to, if you guys know, I like to, I mean, you know what? It's actually kind of funny because I'm, I'm, I'm not an eight, but I feel like the theme of my podcast is very eight-ish. Like, like, let's go. Like, why do we accept these things? Like, you know, there's other, other perspectives. Yeah. So I want to ask you kind of the same question, but like in two uh, formats or two industries, so to speak. But so first I want to stick with wellness. I know that's huge and large and crazy. And there's so many things that go along with it. I want to know something that can, you're in the wellness field too, something that you see or something, maybe not often, but have even just come across that has just like really grinded your gears and that like, you just want to speak on and like, you have an opinion on, and I just want you to share it, whatever it is. Oh man, are you sure? (laughs) I'm more than sure. Okay. Um, all right. So there was something that was posted, um, and shared by a few people in the wellness community recently. Um, that, um, and actually I'm going to tell, tell the people something very, um, like, I guess quick. I, uh, I found wellness personally because of a health transformation that I had, um, which did involve some massive weight loss. Um, that's not a, the bigger part of who I am. I think that, you know, it's, it's really important to me personally to, I mean, yes, my weight loss is a really big part of my life. Um, and it is who I am, but I'm, I'm a lot more outside of that. Um, however, because of Can that, that, by the way, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that aside, that's the reason why I have like some really strong opinions about this. Um, there were some uh, people in the wellness community that I really look up to who had shared this post. Um, and it was about before and after pictures, um, and like progress photos. And I can't, I, I can't remember specifically what it said, but I do recall that, you know, it was like a, um, a little caricature of a larger woman, you know, versus, versus a smaller, you know, smaller frame woman and saying that we need to stop posting these progress pictures because we are upholding this idea that smaller is better. And I agree with that. I agree with the, I 100% stand behind that message that smaller is not always better. There are plenty of healthy people who have, um, you know, who are larger or have larger frames. Um, And I I think that, um, anyway, I I agree with that. However, um, I did not like the rhetoric behind the idea of shaming people for being proud of their progress. I thought that was complete bull. Um, and I just, I, I understand that there are some people who, you know, have progress photos and, um, and, you know, are really proud of that. And, you know, it takes a, a lot of mental work, um, first of all, to lose the weight on your own, mm-hmm. um, or, or have, or not even lose weight or, um, you know, make gains and, you know, have, it, have your body composition change in a different way. And I think, um, you know, there's a lot of mental work that goes behind that, of course, at, along with the physical work, but there's a lot of mental work for somebody to post the damn thing and share it with the world and say, look at this thing that I did. I'm proud of myself because we're in such a culture that like we're shaming people for being proud of what they're doing, or we're shaming them for, 
you know, standing up on a pedestal that they've worked really hard to build for themselves and be proud of themselves. And I think it's just, there is enough in this world that, um, you know, causes us to tear ourselves down mm-hmm. and having, you know, a wellness advocate that you look up to say, you know, posting these photos and, and being proud of yourself is wrong. You know, it, I just, Oh my God. I, I was, I, I remember reading that and I just, I have never gone on an Instagram rant before in my life. <laughs> that was the first time I saw this and I was like, Oh no, like I, that's it. I, I saw it on like two or three accounts and I just, I, I, I do understand, um, you know, the, the stronger message of, of smaller is not better. I mm-hmm. do. And I agree with that. I just think that there, there are different ways that we can send that message without making people feel poorly about themselves when they put in some work, right? I I don't know. That was, that's, that's a huge, that was a huge one. Yes. And I think that everyone should be going on more Instagram rants because (laughs) I mean, it's like a larger issue of all about social media. It's like, nobody understands. And it's like, if you, I can understand where if you are on your discover feed or whatever it is on Instagram and all you see is before and after pictures and you can't read any captions, I can understand exactly what you're saying. Like how that idealizes like that, all that matters is if you're getting smaller, but it's like, if you read anyone's and and people post reverse transformation photos all the time too. But like, if you take the time to read and understand where somebody's coming from, it's like, so there's so many people who it has nothing to do with the size. So you going on an Instagram rant, like it's, it will reach somebody. And this is what I truly believe is that like, every time we take a stand on something, it can and it will reach one person and that's all that matters. Like who cares? I don't care if everyone else like doesn't want to follow along or has a different opinion. Like you do you. Everyone should be going on Instagram rants. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. No, I was I was really glad that I did it. I mean, I was um I I was really hesitant at first. Um and then I I just I'm like, you know what? screw it. Like I just, I was so enraged about it that I just, I had to share what was on like my heart. And, and I actually, I did get a lot of um, people responding to it and saying, you know, I, I read the same thing and I was really upset. Lorraine, I even like, she messaged me and said, I felt guilty about my photos when I read that and thought, oh my God, am I putting this, you know, this stuff into the world that I, I don't want them to think this of me. And she was like, really glad that I kind of shared that, um, you know, for that reason too, because I, you know, thought, you know, I, I understand, um, again, I, I understand the main message, but I just, um, I, I, I was glad that I did too. There, you know, I don't want to about that. Um, you know, there, there were enough people that reached out to me afterwards that, you know, had to feel, had, had the same feelings on it. Awesome. That's good. Good. Good for you then. Right. And then <laughs> the last thing too, that I want to say is it's, it's sort of in the same context, but we got to take it out of the wellness industry. Like, let's just full unadulterated Erica right now. I want you to go off and I want you to go on any tangent that you want to. Anything's acceptable. Like you've listened to my episodes before. You do whatever you want. Anything is fair game in the world. I want you to give us your full opinion on something and maybe it's something that like I have an opinion on too in which case like that would be awesome because like let's go full debate mode like that would be fun but also if it's something I don't know about like I want you to school me so that way I'm an expert like I want you to just go off right now in whatever direction you want to but I want you to feel comfortable to do it because I'm so excited to hear whatever it is you got to say <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah I, I was thinking about this and I was thinking about what 
Like, well, first of all, I, I really don't think that there are too many things that we would like severely disagree on. <laughs> um, although that would totally be fun. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I didn't want to just make it about wellness either. Cause I think that that's, um, you know, that could definitely be, you know, even a chat for another time. Cause I think that we agree you know, on a lot of those things. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about, um, I, I wanted to talk about I, a little bit kind of staying with what we were chatting about um, when it comes to like understanding other people. And, um, and it comes from something that I learned when I was in college and I, uh, I went on a retreat, which was totally, totally out of character for me. Somebody tricked me into going to this retreat at the time. <laughs> I was like, I don't need a retreat. I don't know what the heck this is me and my unhealthy eightness. I was like, I don't need anybody. To <laughs> like, I know, I know the feels it's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I went on this retreat and, um, I, you know, there's a bunch of speakers at it, of course. And there was somebody who is telling a story. Um, it wasn't even her story. It was a story about, um, another person. And, uh, she was, her like whole story was about the idea of like connecting other people and like trying to, trying to understand others without them even having to tell you their whole story. So, um, in her story, she was at a, um, a theater event. So she was at a, a musical and, um, they were watching Rent and <laughs> she was with a really good friend. Um, and her friend has Tourette's and he, you know, was unable to hold back on some of his, some of his um, uh, you know, ticks and vocalizations. And there were these older women that were sitting in front of them and they were just like making these faces and looking back at them and being like, ugh, you know, why is this person making these noises and not really understanding what was going on? And it was making her friend uncomfortable enough. He realized that he was making, you know, making issues, you know, of other people watching, trying to enjoy this uh, show. So he left. He got up and he left um, and he just sat in the foyer, you know, outside in the lobby and listened to rent outside, even though he had paid the same ticket as everybody else. And I'm like listening to this story and I'm just getting mm -hmm. enraged, right? I'm just getting yeah. so angry. Um, Cause I also like, I, you know, have family who, you know, have developmental disabilities. I mean, obviously that's different than for us, but still I just, you know, whatever. So I'm getting enraged by listening to this story. And then she probably must have been an eight and an eight also because <laughs> she she said I just couldn't help myself I had to go up to these women and they're old enough to be my grandma and I didn't care I went up to them and I said it was during intermission and I was like listen ladies I understand that you paid this money for this ticket um, my friend did too and I need you to understand that my friend has Tourette's and he couldn't help you know the noises he was making and I'm really sorry if it ruined your night but this is the situation and the women instantly we're like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I feel so terrible. I didn't know. Like, of course I didn't know and felt horrible and just like wanted to, you know, make up for it, whatever. And the last thing that this woman said at the end of her talk on our retreat, she said, that was this moment that I, I had this realization. I was like, do you have to know somebody's entire fucking story just to give them a break? Do you, do you have to know everybody's like where they're coming from all the adversity they faced just to say like maybe maybe this is who they are they're going through something right now and that really stuck with me and i think like i'll be i'll be in the car and i'll just start to get enraged a little bit at somebody and i'm like maybe maybe something really bad happened to them today and i and i start to almost like not make excuses but 
Mm-hmm. I try to go down that path of like understanding what would make me behave like that. Like, man, I was driving like a mess when I had to put my cat down and I was, you know, driving like a mess yeah. for weeks afterwards thinking about it, you know? So yeah. I, try to, um, I, tr- I think back on that moment where she said, do you have to know somebody's entire story? And I was like, no, no, we shouldn't have to. No, that like, and I'm sorry, I'm swearing a lot, but like, that's who I am as a human. Don't apologize. <laughs> do not apologize for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think like I super reject that, that idea that we have to know everything about someone just to cut them a break. And, um, and I look for that sometimes, sometimes I, I, you know, almost to a fault, my boyfriend's like, I think you're just looking for reasons to, to, <laughs> to like excuse this person's behavior. But and I'm like, I, I really agree with this also that, you know, not, not everybody's coming from a mean spirited place. And we have to, I look back on that moment and think, um, you know, that experience that I had in her saying that to me. And I'm like, you know, people knew everything that I've come from, you know, and the adversity I faced in my life and why I'm so direct and aggressive, you know, with my life and where I'm taking it and the decisions I'm making to move my life forward. They might understand, you know, why, why I am the way I am. Um, maybe they all understand better than I do, I <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's, I, you know, and I, but I don't feel that I need to tell it, say, hi, my name's Erica and I'm an eight and, you know, and, and this is why, and this is, you know, here's my whole life story. Um, you know, just, just for somebody to accept you as being human, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway, that's my rant. <laughs> no, I like that. And I, it's like, it's a really important reminder because I, I, I wholeheartedly agree, but I also I know like my own faults in that sometimes I forget. I forget that I'm speaking with human beings who have emotions and go through things. And I think this is like being a three, like when it comes to work, this is what makes work, my work relationships difficult sometimes is that like, I don't, I I can't handle it. Like you told me you're going to do something get up and do it. Like, I don't, I, I, I have a hard time sometimes like really just letting it go. And if something doesn't get accomplished or it gets accomplished in somebody else's timeline, I have to remove myself from the situation and really remember that I'm not speaking with robots. Like I am working with human beings and like things happen. And it's also an important reminder to, to, for yourself too, because I know sometimes we can be super hard on ourselves without we do know our own stories. We do know the whole story. And sometimes we still don't cut ourselves a break. So I think yeah. that's, that was like, I was like, I don't even know what, I, what, what would come out of your mouth, but I'm, I'm so happy that I didn't ask about it beforehand. And I was like, just go for it because that's just like a universal thing that everyone can hear no matter what. So I appreciate you sharing that story. So yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I, yeah, I was, I was thinking about like, a few different things or tangents that we could go off on. And I was like, I, I just think that this is the most important thing because it was the most meaningful, you know, thing for me, as far as, you know, doing that work and kind of, um, uh, connecting with other people. Oh, I love that. And I love that we're connecting right now. I'm so excited. Like we're, you guys don't know this, sorry, but we're on zoom. So I'm staring at Erica's face as, as we're, as we're doing this podcast. So it just makes it so much more it's the closest thing I can have to having her sitting in front of me right now. So super excited about that, except for the fact that like in just over a week, I, she actually will be sitting in front of me. So yes. what we should do, mm, I'm thinking ahead, I, I should bring my mic and like, let's just set it up and do like a round table, like yes. go for it type thing all night. Yes. We should, we oh should. man. 
Yeah, that would be great. You'd have a perspective of a lot of different numbers. You know, everybody could jump in. Yeah. I should do that. I'll make room in my suitcase for it because this is, I'm so, I'm so pleased. Like, not that I ever thought that this was not going to be good, but my, my imposter syndrome, like I'm always like, oh my God, like when I finish a podcast, when it's just myself, I'm, I always feel like I'm an actual psychopath and that I just rambled and that nobody cares and nobody listened. But it was like, hopefully when I get somebody on, like there'll be some structure and it'll feel good and it'll feel right. And like, that's all this did was felt right. And just felt like a nice conversation that is not only good for you and I, but that I feel very comfortable in sharing with other people. So I'm super appreciative of you. Oh, I'm appreciative of you. Yay. Awesome. No, I think your, your podcast is fantastic. I, I think that it reaches a lot of people in different ways just because of the variety too. You know, people, people need that kind of spice in their life. Awesome. Thanks. Is there anything else you want to say? I'll give you one more moment to speak your piece. Oh my goodness. Um, no, no, I think, I think we said it all. (laughs) (laughs) We said everything that there needs, like ever needs to be said about eights. Like this is it. This is the de facto (laughs) now holy grail of eightness right here, right now. (laughs) Find yourself some healthy eights in your life. So you have better examples. (laughs) Yes. No, I, um, check, check, check. Like I'm co-signing that one times 10. Can can confirm. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Okay. Well, I'm going to, um, wrap us up now. So thank you again and I'll see you soon. Thanks, Britt.